As a candidate for U.S. President, Joe Biden talked about wanting to get the country off its dependency on oil. But how things will actually play out under President Biden and what this means for Canada's energy sector is still up in the air. Will that stance mean less U.S. oil production, which means an opportunity for Canadian companies? Could Alberta's oil be hit with a cross-border carbon tax? And where does a Green New Deal fit in? I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10.3. Jeffrey Morgan, who covers energy and power for the Financial Post, joins me by phone to talk about the ramifications of a Biden presidency for Alberta oil, the Keystone XL pipeline, and how it could force Justin Trudeau and Jason Kenney to work together for the sake of the energy sector. Don't forget, you can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So, Jeff, if there's a relationship that Canada has that is most important to its economic health, it's arguably the relationship with the United States. Our reliance on the U.S. is huge, and that's especially true when it comes to energy exports. But exactly how important is the U.S. in terms of our energy exports? Well, right now, it is the single most important uh, place for for energy exports. In fact, it's, I mean, it's the only place where pipelines go to out of Canada. Mm-hmm. And that's for both oil and for gas. Until there are LNG projects built or until the Trans Mountain Pipeline going from Alberta to Burnaby, BC is built, there's there's nowhere else to send it. Uh, the Americans buy and use uh, over 90% uh, and well over sometimes uh, of the oil we produce. Um, most of it's going to the U.S. Midwest. So that's uh, you know, Chicago area, Detroit area, um, Ohio refineries, even all the way to Pennsylvania. Those refineries in that area uh, are kind of the biggest users of uh, and the biggest market for Canadian oil. But uh, Canadian companies are hopeful that there's another market that they can start to access in, in kind of greater quantities, and that's Texas and Louisiana, where there are a lot of refineries, big refineries, and refineries that use heavy oil. Because just because there's a refinery somewhere doesn't mean that it can handle the kind of oil that is produced in Alberta. Um, anything that's produced here, not anything that's produced here, but what comes out of the oil sands is a, is a heavy barrel and it needs a heavy oil refinery. So you need kind of that that marriage between the between the producer and the refiner in order to make the market work. Now, looking to the U.S., obviously they've just had a presidential election and and President-elect Joe Biden has. He's got a public record speaking out regarding uh, Canadian energy. What have his views traditionally been on imports from Canada? Well, in terms of, of oil imports um, and in terms of oil, I guess, more generally, Biden has been fairly strident. Uh, he did say in the last presidential debate that uh, he would transition away from the oil industry. Um, he has proposed some very... Uh, stringent new regulations on the oil industry in the U.S. And so essentially what people that I speak with in the U.S. about this say is for an American president to be hard on the domestic, like the U.S. oil industry, and somehow lenient on the on a foreign you know, Canadian industry uh, just makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So the, the expectation is that you've got this pipeline that the Alberta government uh, kind of took a big bet 
and invested in this year, Keystone XL, and it's under construction right now, and an incoming Joe Biden can cancel it, as he has said that he would, there's really, in the minds of a lot of people, there's really not a lot of reason to believe that he wouldn't do that yeah. uh, unless unless something changes. So, yeah, he's been, I mean, he, is, he has talked about banning fracking on federal lands in the United States, which would really cramp, uh, crimp oil production in New Mexico and in some other places. He's talked about no more drilling in offshore waters in the United States. Uh, he's talked about stricter regulations. Um, and he's talked about just transitioning away from the industry because, as he said, it's a big polluter. And so for him to not be, you know, to, for him to soften on Keystone XL, I think is, um, you know, a lot of people expect would be far-fetched. So the Keystone XL pipeline, it was famously quashed by Barack Obama under whom Biden served as vice president, but then it had the backing of Trump. So we can potentially expect the pendulum to swing back the other way under Biden. Exactly. And Biden has said outright during the election campaign, I think he said something, I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, we don't need that crap. So, I mean, it was very dismissive and he has promised to rescind the presidential permit. This, this pipeline and kind of the uh, Alberta oil industry's attitude towards this pipeline has been kind of, um, I don't know, I, I guess kind of like a battered dog syndrome. The company built the first line, so the mm-hmm. existing Keystone pipeline is built. Then they go ahead and they try to build the second one, Keystone Excel. Uh, and then it encounters all sorts of problems under Obama. And they think that if they just get another State Department review, it'll get built. They just get another review in Nebraska, it'll get built. On and on and on. And then finally... Obama kills it. TransCanada sues the U.S. government for $15 billion. Uh, Trump comes in, signs an executive order to try to revive it. They pull back their lawsuit. And now, earlier this year, started construction on it again. And now they're facing the, the prospect of it being killed once again. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really been a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for, for over 10 years now. Now, as you mentioned earlier, Alberta has kind of bet heavily on Keystone XL, uh, wants to see it get built, has put money up, um, and loan guarantees up. Uh, is this an area where you could see, um, Alberta Premier Jason Kenney and, and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau kind of put on a common front and try and convince a Biden administration to, to say, look, you know, we, we understand your concerns about, uh, Alberta oil, but this is very important to the American oil industry as much as it is the Canadian oil industry. Yeah, that exact thing. So cooperation between these, uh, you know, Kenny and Trudeau is, has seemed very unlikely on just about everything to date. But that need for cooperation, at least to the people I speak with, is uh, is going to be critical if this pipeline has any chance whatsoever of crossing the finish line. And um, because the expectation is that Alberta just doesn't have the clout to uh, to push for that on its own. So it really, the province really, really needs the uh, the federal government to uh, to lend its support and to advocate for it. Uh, now, I, I can tell you that I spoke with some oil executives yesterday um, because on the weekend, the uh, uh, Minister Champagne said that the Keystone XL pipeline was, quote, top of the agenda. So 
top of the agenda would seem to imply that uh, they're on the same page, that the federal government will advocate for this pipeline. And now it remains to be seen. Is that going to work? Is that going to be enough? It's not It's not a silver bullet to have uh, Justin Trudeau and Jason Kenney pushing together. And, and probably Scott Moe in Saskatchewan is going to need to, the politicians that want this pipeline built are going to need to do a full court press lobbying in Washington, lobbying lawmakers from places like Texas and Louisiana to try to get this this pipeline um, out of the crosshairs of, of Joe Biden, because otherwise it's it's probably dead in the water. The one thing about this whole scenario that I, that I do find kind of curious is we are just talking about one pipeline. And as you mentioned, a lot of our oil goes to the United States by other mm-hmm. means. Could we see a Biden administration try and crack down or, or put in place some kind of penalty or green tariff or green tax on Alberta oil that's going into the United States by other ways? Biden has talked about a, you know, a green tax or a carbon tax on barrels of oil coming across the Canadian border. Um, it's unclear whether or not he could implement something like that, given that the United States has just signed a new free trade agreement with Canada and Mexico. So imposing new taxes, it's, it's unclear whether or not that will work. Uh, we do know that Trump, when he first uh, was elected, he also talked about having a you know, value-added tax on products going across the border, including oil and gas. Um, and then at the negotiating table, that was removed. So yes, that's very much a possibility, and it would be, you know, it would be a significant cost to the Canadian oil industry and, and also to U.S. refineries. But one of the one of the aspects of this debate that is going to play out between Canada and the United States is going to be probably raised by Justin Trudeau and also by, uh, you know, the Alberta government to say the difference between now. Uh, with Keystone XL and 2015 with Keystone XL is we now have carbon taxes in place. So every barrel of oil produced in Canada is subject to a carbon tax. It wasn't when you killed it the first time. Mm-hmm. There is an emissions cap in the oil sands, which is in place. And uh, former Premier Rachel Notley had the industry agree to that, or most of the industry to agree to that. So there are, I guess, like climate bona fides that, uh, that, the Canadian side of this debate is going to be able to fall back on. Um, climate change is something that uh, that Biden has talked about as as kind of a key part of his platform throughout the campaign. And so being able to demonstrate progress on that is going to be, at, at least according to everybody I speak with, is going to be a fairly major part of the negotiation between Canada and the U.S. in order to get this pipeline built. Uh, whether it's enough, whether or not there's anything that Canada can offer the U.S. in exchange for having this pipeline completed, I don't know. It's not it's not totally obvious what what Canada can offer, what the United States wants in exchange, what Joe Biden would want in exchange for letting this pipeline go through. So we could see an Alberta Premier, Jason Kenney, who has campaigned against Justin Trudeau's carbon tax using Justin Trudeau's carbon tax as an argument with the U.S. administration to say, hey, look at what we're doing here in Canada. It's better than it was five years ago. Just leave Keystone alone. It's it's very conceivable. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's conceivable. I, my guess, if I were to sketch it out in my mind, would probably be Trudeau and Minister Champagne and 
and uh, Christian Freeland, other ministers making that kind of argument rather mm-hmm. than <laughs> rather than Jason Kenny. But yeah, you could you could conceivably see. You know, I'm kind of picturing in my mind a, a boardroom table with everybody sitting around it, and uh, and potentially the Alberta government uh, needing to highlight: we have an emissions cap, we have a, a tax on carbon, we have investments in carbon capture and storage, um, we've gotten off coal-fired power. That's that's conceivable. Now, one of the things that that plays into this is the fact that the U.S. has significantly upped its own oil production in recent years. And if American production is up so high, does it really matter what Biden thinks of Alberta oil because they don't need as much of it? So you're right. American oil production has grown dramatically uh, in the last 12 years, uh, a little bit longer. But the United States has gone from being the world's largest oil importing country into the world's largest oil producer period. Hmm. They they reached 13 million barrels per day earlier this year, and then COVID hit, oil prices collapsed, and their production has fallen off. But uh, they surpassed Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia kind of when when the taps are, uh, are opened at, at kind of full capacity, produces about 12.5 million barrels per day. So a 13 million barrel per day production out of the United States is massive. They're still producing over 11 million barrels per day. Now, I guess the difference in whether or not a country that produces 11 million barrels per day needs Canadian oil, it's a good question, but it, it's kind of this interesting situation where American oil refineries in the U.S. Gulf Coast, so in Texas, uh, Louisiana, they historically have been refining a lot of heavy oil from Mexico, Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Uh, production in those two countries has been falling off. I mean, Venezuela has got some major kind of problems. Um, and uh, and so these refineries are running short on heavy oil. And this massive boom in American oil production, which has kind of taken the country from just over 5 million barrels all the way up to 13 million barrels per day in the last 15 years, which is insane, has almost all been light oil. So they're, they've got a lot of light oil. They don't have a lot of heavy oil. And what these American refineries on the Gulf Coast are are built to run is heavy oil. So we we could still see a need, at least from the industry standpoint, for Canadian heavy oil because there just isn't that product that's right. out there right now. Exactly. So it's kind of this interesting thing that's happened in the oil markets where, you know, people think of the oil market as just one great big market. But in fact, it's kind of uh, multiple markets within that where the light oil market is very saturated. You've got the United States producing uh, 11 million barrels per day right now. Saudi Arabia, the, the OPEC countries can produce a lot of oil. Russia can produce a lot of oil. But when those OPEC countries, when those OPEC countries cut back their production, when they agree to production cuts, the barrels that frequently get cut are the heavy oil barrels. So you have production cuts on the heavy oil side of the equation from OPEC. You have production falling off a cliff in Venezuela, production falling in Mexico, and the you know one of the very few places in the world where oil, heavy oil production has been growing, uh, is in Western Canada. And so we're producing something here that refineries in Texas, in Louisiana, 
as well as in places like Ohio, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, um, Illinois. Those refineries need heavy oil. They want to use heavy oil. They are not built to run light oil. And so, yeah, there is a, there is a need for heavy oil, and it's not coming. You know, the American need for that is not being met by these other countries. Now, looking at the the light oil, the oil production that the U.S. has increased in recent years, the Biden has talked about wanting to pull back on fracking uh, shale oil deposits. Um, if the U.S. pulls back on on shale oil uh, and looks to other countries, is Canada the natural next supplier, even if though it is a different kind of oil, just to to meet that demand in the U.S.? Or is there another country that's ready to meet U.S. demand? Well, uh, there are there are a couple countries that are um, that have spare capacity, have the ability to put their oil on boats, and uh, and send it to where it needs to go. One of those is Iran. Uh, the Iranians haven't been able. You know, there's about two million barrels per day of production out of Iran. You know, that is ready to hit the market as soon as sanctions on that country are eased. Mm-hmm. And the expectation is that maybe maybe a Biden administration would strike a new nuclear deal with Iran, and the nuclear deal would pave the way for that country to to put more oil into the market. So there, are, I mean, there are other countries that could fill that gap. But the argument that the Canadian government is going to take, and Minister Champagne said this uh, on the weekend, was Canada is the um, is the supplier of choice for the United States. Uh, Canada is a part of energy security for the United States, mm-hmm. and uh, and and a piece of energy independence within the North American or the new North American free trade agreement. So it's that, that is the argument that Canada is going to make that we are the place that should be supplying your oil to the U S whether or not that is successful in having this Keystone XL pipeline, uh, reach the finish line is, uh, a little bit up in the air. That wasn't enough of a argument last time when Obama killed it. We'll see. We'll see if things change. Now, want to touch on one last thing with you, the idea of the Green New Deal, and this is, you know, was a, a kind of a sweeping motion that came up in Congress, Biden's running mate, Kamala Harris, a big supporter of the Green New Deal. What do players in Canada's oil industry industry uh, think is going to happen with with that under a Biden administration, is it dependent on what happens in the Senate? It does it, you know, obviously it would have to come up through legislation anyway. Are there concerns about that in the short term or even the long term? Yeah, I think there are concerns about a Green New Deal. However, the fact that the Republicans have held on to the Senate really limits those concerns because a Biden administration would need legislation in order to pass a great big spending bill. And so he would need to get that kind of a bill through the House and through the Senate. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like he'd be able to do that through the Senate, especially with some Republican lawmakers like Mitt Romney saying that they need to continue to fight a Green New Deal. Uh, so would that, I mean, would that hurt oil demand if, um, you know, if the if the U.S. does embark on this great big green building project, which there may still be other ways for a Biden administration to to push for more incentives for green energy. And that would hurt oil demand in, you know, a a place that uses a lot of oil. The United States uses a ton of oil. 
that would hurt oil demand. But there are some things that Biden can do, even if he can't get the Green New Deal, even if he can't get that. Experts are telling me that he can do things like he can impose stricter uh, efficiency uh, requirements on vehicles, so on cars and trucks. The Obama administration did this quite effectively, required fuel efficiency standards to rise about 30% in his time period. And this is a killer of oil demand as well, because uh, if you burn less oil driving your car or truck around, the oil companies that provide that oil to you, you know, you're their market and, uh, and they won't need to produce as much to fill your need. Mm-hmm. So, so there are other ways that a Biden administration can kind of tackle oil demand even if a Green New Deal is is uncertain. And I think the other part of this that's going to be interesting to see and something that I'm kind of watching for is whether or not Keystone Excel becomes a bargaining chip within a Green New Deal or within a, you know, a spending package. You know, there are some Republican senators and there's some centrist Democrats as well that are from some of these areas that may, their constituents may want you know, Keystone Excel or the constituents might be employed by the pipeline right now. So if Keystone Excel becomes a bargaining chip between the Republicans and the Democrats, as the Democrats are pushing for uh, stimulus spending um, or for other kind, kinds of legislation, then this Keystone Excel project might still get built. Mm-hmm. And you'd have a Green New Deal um, or a Green New Deal light, probably. Yeah, you could conceivably see both if Keystone Excel becomes a bargaining chip within um yeah with within this bigger push for green spending in the united states well it is a fascinating look at what canadians could expect to see from south of the border over the next few months jeff thanks for your time thanks for having me 10 3 is produced by carson jarama theme music by bryce hall thanks to my guest jeffrey morgan more from him at financialpost.com i'm dave breakenridge thanks for listening mm-hmm.